mind tonight? Play play over. Depends. Will your friend, the football, will be there? Oh, friend! Football friend! Oh, what a support goal! Stefan Moore, that is extraordinary for Ben Garuccio! You're listening to Football Friends with Ben, Steph and Steph. That's right, we've got the man of the moment in WA, Stefan Kolakowski, joining us to chat about his current run of form for the glory and rekindling his flame under Alan Stadjic. Along with, of course, our A-League men's round 14 review as the boys weigh in on Paddy Wood's red. Plus, as the transfer window begins to draw to a close, we dissect the latest from around the grounds and who's next hopping on the plane to fly the Aussie flag in Europe. All that and more, coming up on Football Friends. <laughs> Hello guys and welcome back to another episode of Football Friends with Ben and Steph. Another week on the pod, plenty to talk about as always and a big guest coming on today as well to join us, Steph. Yeah, there's going to be uh, two Stephs on here today so it'll be uh, it'll be great to hear from him and um, obviously Perth's kind of come back in the last few weeks after yeah losing losing games, no owners losing players um so it'd be great to hear from him about how that's all been for the the current playing squad and how they've turned it around two away um games tough games western sydney away and then the bulls away and they've got four points from that so really looking forward to hearing from him but before that we can get into the the recap of the a-league um do we touch on your game first or do we just skip over that one again? no we'll go let's 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 go in order let's go in order <laughs> All right. Well, first off, we had on our, our Thursday night football, uh, Melbourne City against Adelaide United. Um, not actually the game that we were probably expecting in terms of scoreline. Um, you know, Melbourne City winning was 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 okay. I think a lot of people might have might have predicted that, but we were expecting a lot more goals. Um, what 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 did you think of of that game? Yeah, well, we did say last week, the Thursday and the Friday, we thought could be our games of the round. Um, but I suppose a little bit underwhelming from just a scoreline point of view. But I think the game itself was a was a decent quality. Um, Melbourne City, they, look, Terry Antonio scores another bomb. He scored a couple this year now. Uh, so it was good, good, good result for Melbourne City. But Adelaide United had their chances, to be honest. You know, Ibasuki had a, had a really good header and Iren Kunda had the one-on-one and Jamie Young, I have to say, pulled some big saves and and kept them in the game. And yeah, Melbourne City win the game. But for Adelaide, I suppose I'll be probably a little bit disappointed because they did have some chances. Yeah, I, I honestly think um, like watching watching that game compared to the Sydney FC game I, the, where they won the week before, I thought they were probably better in this game, um, Adelaide. And and obviously you don't win, and that's just how football goes sometimes. If you don't take your chances. Um, course like you said Antonis it was a, an unbelievable strike so um not much the the keeper Delianov could have done with that but you know overall there wasn't really many other chances for Melbourne City and, and Adelaide had the bulk of of them bulk of the shots anyway Nesta had probably nine or ten shots I reckon in that game and um you know he played really well but just couldn't finish and and like you said Jamie Young came up big and that's really um, just how it goes sometimes, and it's just such a big game because everybody, especially in that group, you know, it's all you're all on the same points or three points behind or three points ahead. So, you know, massive, massive win for City, and um, just means the game for Adelaide this week um, against Central Coast is is that much bigger because you don't want to fall behind. The, you know, you want top two, top four if possible, 
Um, but top two is obviously, I'm sure, what everyone is aiming for. And um, you don't want to drop too many points at this time of the year. Yeah. I think just the way the season's been, so many games are on a knife edge. And if you don't take your chances and the other team does score a goal like that, you know, I think we've been on the probably the receiving end more more often than not this season of games like that. And at the end of the day, you know, thing, things happen. We've had, you know, 10 losses now and you can't always put it down to, you know, the game being on a knife edge and we deserve to win. At the end of the day, it's football. And if, if you don't take those chances, then then you end up ruining them later on. And Melbourne City got the three points, which was uh, important. But we'll go on to the Friday night game, the massive big blue. And I suppose the biggest talking point that I suppose we can start off with is the controversial red card for, for Pat Wood. And what did you make of that? Yeah, I, 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 I just, I personally just can't understand, like, what, what are they even looking at? And, you know, for a player, like, you know, of course your studs are going to be raised sometimes because you can't keep your feet on the ground. Like, that, the reality is if the ball's in the air, you've got to touch the ball. And your your studs will always come off the ground. He had no eyes. He didn't even know Traore was there. Like he's trying to like hold off his center back. He's trying to touch the ball with the outside of his foot to cushion it down for himself. And all right, yeah, his studs obviously touched Traore. There was no force whatsoever because anybody that knows about football knows if you're trying to take a touch with the outside of your foot and cushion the ball down, it has to be a very soft touch. Otherwise, if you've locked your ankle and you're going through with force, your touch is going to go into Rosette. So I just, I, why a VAR even called him over? And then to give the red after you see it, like it, uh, I don't know. I, I just, I honestly don't, don't know what to do. And I know it's not just the A-League, it's, it's the rest of the world with football, some decisions, but every everything on video looks worse and they need players. They actually need ex-players to be in the VAR booth. I think to call the referee over because they're the ones that will say, no, that's not, that's, you know, that's not a red card or don't even bother about it. Where the current referees, they're just gone by the letter of the law and yeah. not any disrespect to them. It's a hard job, but I just think they've gotten so many wrong and it, it actually does kill the game because it's a top game. <laughs> yeah. That, that, look, if you're Sydney FC, you're absolutely fuming. And there's no words that you can say, especially in the media, to describe how you're feeling. Because it's fucking, it's puzzling. It's puzzling how that can be a red card in such a big game like that. I know the rules should be the same for every game, but especially in big games like that, you got to think about the repercussions and the way that it's going to actually affect the product of the football for the rest of the game. And don't get me wrong, if it's a two-foot challenge, studs up over the ball it's a red card you can't say anything about that but like when they're Simmons on, on like Mark. this that was that's that was a we'll horrible about tackle. That after. yeah that was probably one of the worst <laughs> i've seen <laughs> um, but this one is just yeah look credit to sydney fc because they held on and that was unbelievable melbourne victory had so many chances just couldn't couldn't find that winner but if you're a sydney fc player fan you're buzzing because to play that long with 10 men against the team who's dominated the league for the whole season so far away from home you're, you're absolutely buzzing to get a point out of that game but if i'm off Tale, i am fucking ropeable yeah because it, it like you know they, they did like you said they were they were unbelievably well organized shut out the game of course victory you're always going to have chances when you've got 
the extra men, you're going to create more, but they didn't take them. And, and Sydney did, did very, very well. But I'm sure Sydney FC, until that point, were probably thinking, this is our game to win here. Like, we're going to be the first ones to beat victory. It's a statement in the league. Um, Uffie's been there for, you know, probably a month or, or so now. But, you know, that's a big game you want to win. And um, I don't know. Of course, we can talk about this for ages, and it just seems like we're always talking about it. The O'Shea won last week. Now this one. If you go through every game, there's, there's times when players will accidentally stamp on uh, your foot or they'll go to kick the ball and, and it will follow through and the studs will hit their shins. Like where does, it, where does it obviously stop then? Because there's no intent behind it, which should be the number one thing. There's no malice behind it. Was it reckless? Yeah, yeah it was probably a little bit reckless because he obviously did catch him. But like, it's not For a red me, card. Yeah. For me, so, I found, honestly, I found yeah. not even a yellow card. I wouldn't even give that a yellow card. Yeah. Osha, week before, probably a yellow card will do. Yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, with a bit of force, you're a bit over the ball. All right, no worries, yellow card, that's fine. But the difference between a yellow and a red in a game of football is is massive. Yeah. And I feel like at the moment, the way the decisions are being called, it's it's like one could be a yellow, the next one could be a red. And it shouldn't be that close. There should be a clear differentiation of red card. That's definitely warrants a red card. And this is a yellow card. So it, it's disappointing, but... That was the big blue, unfortunately. That was the, the biggest news to talk about. You know, obviously, Machach gets a... Who, who, who made the big blue? Yeah, who made <laughs> the big blue? That, that's exactly right. But um, Machach scores again against Sydney FC, and Courtney Perkins got himself on the score sheet. A bit fortuitous, but still have to put it in. And yeah, shares are spoiled in the big blue. Yeah. So no, it's, um... that's enough, I suppose, of that game. We'll, um, yeah crack on now to Western United and, and Western Sydney Wanderers and another loss for us and it's not getting any easier as the weeks go on to to come on here and talk about it in the best way possible but you know that's, that's what we're doing and to be honest I try and be as open as possible and the game against Western Sydney obviously I spoke last week and said that you know the, the, the last time we played them it was very in my mind still and I remembered that game and I, I didn't want to have another repeat result of that and I think it was far from from that type of game we were more than in the game to begin with and, and we had some really good chances but as we said before you know it's it's happened too many times that that it's been like that in the game and it feels like we're in the game and then the same odd story that we don't take our chances and then on the other end you know we're not defending maybe as desperate or as well as we should be, and, and we cop a goal, and Lockie Brook seems to just love scoring against us. Um, but then they go obviously down to ten men, and with the with the tackle on on Kane Vidmar, which was probably one of the one of the worst tackles I've seen this this year in the league uh, by Simmons. But he he's a top player to be honest. And, and I was speaking to the some of the players from Western Sydney after the game, and. They said he's got that aggression in him as well, which I actually love. You know, I'm a fullback myself and to be good on the ball is one thing, but to have that aggression is, is a completely different side and he's got that. But I think that one was just a little, quite a bit too far uh, over the line. <laughs> but yeah, we, yeah. We, we played the last, you know, 15, 20 with, with the, against the 10 men and we created some decent openings, but probably not as many as I would have liked. I feel like if the game maybe had gone on a bit longer that we probably would have got something because there were chances there and Western Sydney really just tried to shut up shop. They were going long off goal kicks and, and we were able to get the ball back and, and have quite a bit of the ball. But 
just disappointing that we weren't able to take something out of that game, especially after you're playing against 10 men. Yeah, I guess we um, yeah, can leave it at that. I think there's, uh, you know, the, the best thing we say about football is there's, there's another game this weekend and you guys just need to, to start turning it around because there's still time. But, you know, the longer the season goes, the harder it becomes. Not just, it's just, that's the way it is. When things are going against you and if they keep going against you, you know, the confidence within everybody drops and small things go against you. It's just, it's really, really tough to be in. So I hope for the podcast's sake, you know, that, that Western United can get a few wins on the board. Um, but we can move on from that and you can uh, you can focus on the other games. And the Jets against uh, the Knicks, another big three points. Savada coming back from injury, scores the winner at the end. I think he put up an Instagram post saying, what was it, something like the, the A-Leagues, did you miss me or something along those lines. So he's um, seems like a character. I think he, he also came out saying he was the best striker in the league before... Or earlier in the year so all right i like that confidence you know it's a bit especially in australia people don't like that tall poppy syndrome everybody loves to cut everyone down but you got to have uh something about you to speak like that you just have to back it up on the field and, and he's certainly doing that yeah he loves it he he doesn't doesn't mind himself i reckon but honestly as a striker i don't mind that either if my striker is that confident, as long as it's not all a facade and then they're going out there on the weekend and they don't have the ball and they're hiding, then it's no good. But if you're going to speak like that and you back it up with your actions, then fair play, good on you. And top finish, you know, to be coming back from injury, obviously you want to get back on the score sheet as soon as possible. And yeah, what a finish, you know, left foot across the keeper, very hard to save. And the Knicks go on. They're still one of the lowest XG in the league, but but they sit top. And, you yeah. know, for for as good as Melbourne victory have been throughout this season, unbeaten, you know, Wellington are still sitting above them at the moment. Yeah, it's... um, The XG stat is, is a crazy one. Like, of course, it means... It means absolutely nothing at the end of the day because, you know, what matters is the end scoreline in, in individual games and the latter. But it is a good indication to know, like, you know, will, will their luck run out you know can they keep taking these chances um that obviously you know the xg is showing that the statistics are that most people don't score from there and it's not like they've got the best strikers in the world and the best finishers in the world and that's why it's just you know people are hitting hitting form and they're, and they're taking their chances and then defensively obviously they're they're very solid so it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it up but i hope the um especially with auckland coming into the league next year it's a really good thing for wellington to be to be on because there's going to be competition next year. So hopefully the the Wellington faithful can can get behind them and, and everybody there that's, you know, whether they like football or or not, they can actually get behind and go out to their games and, you know, keep supporting them because they're they're in with a great chance in finishing top two a hundred percent. But, you know, top spot. They're they're top at the moment and, and they don't look like they're going to drop too many points. So interesting to see if uh if Chiefy can keep them going and they were linked with a a Costa Rican midfielder, I think it was today. Um, or yesterday that came out. So they're obviously looking to to get some other players in to, to help them push for that title. So let's see let's see how they can go. Yeah, no, nah, it'll be a very bit of a fairytale story for for Wellington if they can, you know, go deep into finals and, and get that top two position. I think I, I think back to, you know, COVID times when the players gave up so much, they were living in Wollongong, they were playing games in Wollongong. There weren't any games in New Zealand for I can't even remember how long. And then, you know, that when they finally got back there to have that support. So, look, 
I'm happy that Wellington are doing well. I think it's good for the league for Wellington to be doing well, and hopefully, you know, they get good crowds when when they are doing well, and the you know the Wellington people they really do get behind them. So hopefully, they can do well and and go deep into finals. Yeah, exactly. I think they. It's good. It's good for the league to have someone else up there. Um, let's uh, let's see how they go. But going on to the, I guess the other team, the most informed team in the competition, the Mariners. Everyone was riding them off after the first three or four weeks and they just keep winning. Um, probably not the most convincing performance, I would say. You know, Brisbane had a bit of possession and, and looked okay. Boardingham had a really good chance to make it 1-1. Um, but top top goal, um, top goal first first off for, for Central Coast and then Torres to, to finish it off at the end. Um, you know, they, they just look a really well-organized team. They fight for each other. They're bringing other players in. They've lost Tulio, who we spoke about. You know, can they cover that? And and since then, or even just before uh, Tulio left, Torres scored that hat trick, and he's on fire now. So he's obviously taken on that extra responsibility. Nisbet's playing really well. Um, yeah, they <laughs> they they're looking like they're going to be similar to last year. And um, everybody, you know, on paper would say they don't have the best squad, maybe, but they're all playing to their absolute best, and they're all fighting for each other. And it's good to watch. Yeah, that's been the story of the last couple of years. Even when Monty was there, they're probably the players that you would never have really looked at them too much before they had that season. Your young boys, like your Triantis, like no one really knew too much of him. But at the end of the day, when you're an unknown player like that, when you're a young player and you come in and you do play to that level, then obviously someone saw something in him because he got bought by Sunderland. Then. A lot of those players now, like in Isbert, who are a little bit of a kind of an unknown, you, you hadn't heard too much about them. Now um, you look at Nisbet and, you know, he's probably one of the best midfielders in the league. I think probably if you're any team, you, you'd be taking him. So Farrell got the assist as well for the Depizio goal. And he he's always solid. I, I've said it a lot of times. I think he he's one of the best left backs in the league and gets forward. He's very solid defensively. And yeah, got the assist for Depizio. I actually thought he was going to cut it across to Qual, I think it was. It was in there. I reckon if he didn't score the goal, he would have got a bit of an earful, but he put it away. It was a top finish. And I did have a feeling that without O'Shea, Brisbane would struggle to have that creative kind of side because a lot of the play does go through O'Shea. But Central Coast, they managed to get it done 2-0 and yeah, they'll be happy with a clean sheet as well. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, great. Great game, and I'm looking forward, I guess, Adelaide play Central Coast, I think it is this week. So that should be a, an interesting one um, to see as well and see if they can, you know, go on the road and, and win again. But our last game of the round is MacArthur v Perth Glory and a bit of an interesting game. Like, it was it was not a bad game. It kind of looked like, obviously, once MacArthur went 2-1 up and scored, once they scored the penalty through Jermaine, you kind of thought, yeah, this is, this is done. Um, and then Willow steps up at the end scores the equaliser. It was a great, it was a great run, great finish. Um, I think it was Vujica who was kind of in two minds with, I guess, showing him inside or trying to block the pass out to his, uh, to his left. And, and Willow's done really well. He's come on off the bench and scored a few goals now. And, and that's what you want from your experienced players to kind of help the younger boys around you impact off the bench. Um, De Villa's, you know, still one of the best players in the competition by far. And, and that team really does, does run through him. Um, but for glory, uh, another, another solid point and, um, you know, they can, I'm assuming they're back in Perth this week and they can go back there and hopefully 
keep building on that and, and they'll have their owners sorted out pretty soon, I reckon, as well. Yeah, I think that that's something that needs to get sorted out very soon. I was watching that game with a keen eye because obviously our, our guest today, Steph Kolakowski, was was playing so I was keeping a close eye on him and he was an angry man I have to ask him about it but he was getting in fights and gritting his teeth <laughs> I think he got he got booked as well which was um which was a bit of a laugh so what what what's, uh, I guess we'll 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 speak to him a bit but is he is he an angry person oh like I, he's not someone to back down if you you know if you go at him he's not someone to back down like he, he'll be up for a fight and he does yeah. play that way. Like he, he works hard. He runs hard. He, he'll tackle. Like he's not afraid to tackle. He's not one of those strikers that isn't interested in in doing the the hard, the dirty work. But yeah, he was just he was a bit of an angry yeah. male. After well, about it, yeah, I think maybe he was yeah. upset that, that he didn't yeah. have tags up there. His uh, his strike partner for that game. But yeah, I thought they would struggle to be honest as well without without tags to create. But they did sort of look for a little bit like they were maybe not going to get back in the game, but. I suppose that's why you've got an experienced player like like Willow to bring on off the bench because he didn't really do too much aside from that. But he's one of those players that comes alive in the box and he's got a top finish on him. He always has. And two weeks in a row, he's come up big at the end of the game and saved a point for, for Perth there. So it's good. Yeah, exactly. Um, we'll go through our news of the week before we get our guest on and I guess the biggest news outside of um, the A-Leagues is, is the Asian Cup that's going on at the moment the Socceroos comfortably beat Indonesia there was a lot of still negativity online about their performances and and you know it's right at the end of the day fans are fans they have a, have a right to voice their opinion um, but you know what 4-0 comfortable win against Indonesia you go through to the next stage and all eyes are obviously on your, your Saudi Arabia South Korea game, which is on tomorrow morning. Um, we've obviously got a few extra days recovery, which will play a massive part in it. And if you win that game, it really does open up your side of the draw. Um, so I'm I'm interested to... I'm not going to be up at 3am watching that game. I'll probably watch a replay or see some extended highlights of it. But, you know, it's going to be exciting to see who we get next. And, and that next game is going to be going to be a really big one for us. Yeah, that'll be massive. Obviously, at the time of recording, it's Tuesday, so we're still awaiting to see the result of the South Korea-Saudi game by the time this episode is live. That result will be final. But yeah, it's going to be, I think that next game, probably we win that. I think we make the final for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. Not for sure, but that's probably... That is a final, that game in itself, really, I would say, against either South Korea or Saudi, two very, very strong nations. I think on the other side, Japan looked like the clear favourites to to go all the way as well. But we have drawn that side of the of the group, so we'll see, I suppose, what that what that result will hold. And hopefully, I'm hoping that the boys can go all the way. I think, you know, you win 4-0, you can say what you want. At the end of the day, the job's to win games in these tournaments. It doesn't really matter how ugly you do it. I think if we win the rest of the games 1-0 and play like absolute shit, no one will be complaining if we bring the Asian Cup back back home to Australia. So yeah, we'll see. Exactly. We'll see that, that story will unfold, I suppose, over the next week. But wishing the Socceroos all the best. Yeah. And now uh, on referees in the A-League, Ali Areza, who is probably, how do you put it, 
um, the least approachable referee and just takes absolute no shit from any player um, was in, in the mix of it last night with the Iraq v. Jordan game. Sending a player off for the celebration, which I don't know, like <laughs> he, he, I feel like he loves to be the center of attention. He wants to do that. So he's actually looking for things where he can kind of do it. And the A-League's post congratulating him for going away, I think has reached over 550,000 comments. No way. So I, I haven't the, seen it. I I haven't even seen the celebration, to be honest. I saw the news and I saw just like a still photo of it. I don't know. What was the guy doing? He was like sitting on the ground or something. Yeah, it was just, I think it was for the, the sitting on the ground, but I think it was more for just how long they were celebrating for. But like, is there a rule, a rule that says, like, I, I don't know, maybe we need to get a referee on and, and they can explain it to us. But um, you know what? The the key part, which is obviously going down, maybe these 550 comments will get them enough clicks to get it back up. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe maybe uh, yeah yeah it's, so um, may, yeah maybe maybe it was maybe it was time wasting i don't know i suppose you can just add the time on i suppose if there's a goal just stop the clock and see see how much time was was gone throughout that time of the celebrations and add it on at the end i don't know but well i think he's a good referee to be time, honest yeah but who do you book for time wasting the whole team's like going to be celebrating with you you know you know yeah. what i mean like oh uh, anyway it, it's I just think use use your uh, your brain in those situations and your understanding of the game. Like it's obviously a massive rivalry in the region. Um, it's the Asian Cup to get you into the the, the quarterfinal. Um, just yeah, I don't know. Just let it let it go because he's on a yellow. You give him another yellow, and then you're the talking point. So um, yeah, I, I who think knows? Who knows? Yeah, whether, whether yeah, yeah, I don't know. If it, it was offensive, whatever they did. I think both teams did do it because I saw both the celebration. So why didn't the, the players get the, the yellow card in the first instance? I don't know. And that's that's another thing. I hate how players get yellow cards for taking their top off because it was brought in so you don't have messages underneath that can be controversial or to do with politics or religious. I get that. But if a player's got no message underneath and he just takes his top off or it says like, happy birthday, mum, why is that a yellow card? Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's a strange rule. And the refs hate giving it because I remember when yeah. Pena scored against MacArthur and he took his shirt off. The ref was like, oh, I hate having to do this, but I have to give you a yellow card. So yeah, it just doesn't. Yeah, just I don't a know. weird rule. What if you take your pants off and start swirling <laughs> around? You reckon that's all right? <laughs> Depends what message you've got underneath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, depends how much it's bulging. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, off, off that, that's the, enough. Uh, the referee talk. Yeah, off the referee talk, we've got, I suppose, some transfer news, actually. Uh, Adelaide Keeper, you would know more about this than me, Steph. Stephen Hall to Brighton Hope Albion. I suppose, talk to me a little bit about him. Have you been training with him since you've been there with Adelaide? Yeah, so he was, he was there when... Um, when I was last there, I think he started training and played the odd. He played his first game as like a 16-year-old potentially, um, which was yeah pretty crazy. He actually came to my going away party um, when I had all the boys over before I went to Japan, and his dad brought him because he didn't even have his license. So his dad stayed here oh, as right. well for uh, for a few beers and a barbecue. And I just remember thinking like, this is crazy. Like, 
this guy's so young. Like I was what, 25, I think when I left 26. Um, but now a couple of years later, here he is, obviously hasn't played any more games since then, but gone away with the national teams, done really well. Um, he's, he's touted to be a really, really good keeper. And obviously in training, you can see it, but it's a, it's a big call from Brighton to, I guess, dip into the market and get the player before he does start playing, which will increase his, his market value. So I guess for Adelaide, you take your, you take your guaranteed money. Um, he gets a great experience. He gets to be in a world-class environment. And, you know, Brighton are known for kind of finding players before they're ready to play. They'd like to develop them for a few years. So, you know, fair play to him. Great for Adelaide to get a transfer fee. I've got no idea how much it was. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's great. It's great news, really. Um, I think with, you know, with the league, you want to sell players. You want to keep doing that. Um, another player... Alex uh, Popovich um, is rumoured. I don't think it's confirmed, but um, the rumours that are that are circulating are that he's uh, he's off to Korea. Um, so another player, you know, who's come through Adelaide United, and they're selling players. So if you're a young player in Adelaide, you're going to get opportunities. You know, you wouldn't look to leave here because you know you'll get games, you'll play, and you know they start to create relationships. I'm sure with clubs to to keep doing this. Um, so it's great, great business because that's the world of football. You can't make money, you know, just through, you know, merchandise and ticket sales and sponsorship. Player sales is the number one thing for, for a lot of it. And A-League teams need to start getting better at it, which Adelaide have been doing for, for quite a while. Yeah. I think when you just look at the, I suppose, the landscape of the A-League and our salary cap, let's say 2.5 million, give or take now. If you sell one player for 2.5 million, that's your salary cap for a whole year looked after. Now, I know that there's going to be costs that go elsewhere, but at the end of the day, are you all right? Just choking on the water. There's going to be, there's going to be obviously costs that go elsewhere. So I understand that, that certain things need to be paid and, and whatever. It's not all going to go back towards, but that's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of, some of these clubs now for a club like Brighton and obviously the, the young boy wouldn't have got sold anywhere near that but the A-League clubs need to be thinking about you know okay we'll play, we're paying this guy whatever it is but for young for players like Adelaide for clubs like Adelaide United it's perfect that they need to be that selling club and, and they've done it year on year and I think as, as you said you know if you're a club looking over you you look straight to Adelaide United because you look at the average age of their squad the average age of their starting 11s throughout probably this season and, and even seasons before is so low. And you also look at how many players have moved on. So mm. I think it's great for Adelaide and, and that talent pool in Adelaide is just ridiculous. And we spoke about it off air that, you know, it's the only club obviously in Adelaide. So they've got no competition. Whereas, you know, your New South Wales, your, your Victorian clubs, it is a little bit different, but they're, they're producing, they're doing something right at a, at a, at a junior level and it's transferring through to, to the A-League level. Something in the water. Everybody complains about the water tasting like shit here in Adelaide, but you know what? Maybe that bit of shit taste is what's <laughs> developing the players. So <laughs> instead of complaining about it, just get it down and you'll turn into uh, Nesto Irukunda. So um, we'll see if any more players move on from Adelaide United. Um, you never know. What is it? Two days to go to Europe before that closes. Asia's open a little bit longer, but you, honestly... 
things, this is the time. It's it's been a really weird transfer window. There's been no deals getting done in Europe. So yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't really. I think you know having the Asian Cup on, having the Afcon on. I think it's kind of delayed it a little bit. Um, so we'll see in the next couple of days what happens in uh, happens in Europe, and then Jimmy Jago rumored to be coming back to Melbourne City to replace Saki, which is uh, a good signing. He's obviously a top player, and and then Perth Glory are allowed to sign players apparently now. So they've uh, they've got Josh Rawlins back on loan from Utrecht, and um, another good young player that you know hasn't hasn't kicked on as I'm sure he would have liked. So it'd be good for him to come back and just play some games in the second half of the year and um, then go back over there, hopefully, to, to cement his spot, whether it's Utrecht or another team in, in Europe. So that's the that's the transfer news. Unless you've got anything more for us, you're moving anywhere? No, no. no I'm not moving Nothing anywhere. It's South Melbourne, news. Preston? The news for you, Steph. I don't know. If you want to, do you want to tell people about, about the big move that you've got lined up? Oh, I've got nothing lined up. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm here twiddling my thumbs. I might, I'm thinking about maybe hanging the boots up, and just going full time podcaster. We'll see. We'll see doesn't how it pay, keeps going. Doesn't pay well, but it's not bad. We'll keep plugging away. There might be something in it for you. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but we've got the big man coming in, the most important step of the day. So, um. Let's welcome him to the podcast. Kolakowski is there in support. Kolakowski! Stefan Kolakowski! That's a lovely duck from Kolakowski. Brilliant finish. And Kolakowski applying the finishing touch. Here he is. He's in the studio. The king of Perth glory. Big Steph <laughs> Kolakowski. Welcome to the show, brother. Thank you very much, bro. Uh, Steph, nice to meet you. And Ben, nice to chat to you again. How have yeah, you been, uh, brother? Yeah, I've been good. I've uh, just been at the beach for a couple of hours, getting a bit of a tan. And um, you guys made me come out of the sun to come and do this. So well, here I am. There's nothing, there's nothing healthy about a tan. That's one thing that I'm learning out. The older you get, the more wrinkles you get from being in the sun. So you know what? Skin cancers, we're, uh, we're looking after you. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's true. <laughs> what, you got a day off today? No, nah, we just had uh, we had recovery this morning and yoga. Oh, yeah, yeah so, good. Because we just landed yesterday. Yeah, nice, nice. Well, actually, I wanted, that's what one thing I want to touch on straight away because mm. we were just talking about it before you got in here. And mm. what was going on in the game? You were a little bit angry. Uh, you were you nah, were there was, gritting, gritting your teeth at the referee. You, what nah, what was, was going on? What, what was wrong? Uh, I just got upset because I didn't understand why I got a yellow card. And I still don't understand why. <laughs> so <laughs> do you expect me to be happy about that? or uh, You were doing the right thing. You were running back for, for the team as a, as a good striker should. Exactly. You were doing your bit. And yeah, to be fair, I didn't really think it was actually a foul, but... It, I thought it, it was a foul. Is, yeah. I thought it was a foul, but I thought that was it. Like, and you know, you guys have played for ages. You know, you and the opposition are going to say stuff to each other. That doesn't warrant a yellow card. That's just you have a bit of argy bargy, a bit of handbags, and then that's it. Leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. But um, old mate thought, all right, let's give him a yellow ticket. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, I love it's, it. Uh, you know what? If you've got you and big tags up front. That's a whole lot of anger that's getting thrown about. I tell you what, 
Yeah, tags. Well, he's not the happiest bloke going around. So, <laughs> so he's rubbing so, off on you. Yeah. So it's either just neutral <laughs> facial expressions or angry facial expressions. So maybe I am taking a leaf out of his book, um, and it's all the anger. So yeah, that's true. He's an he's an angry man, right? He he's an angry man until he scores and he starts giving it these ones. He's buzzing, <laughs> and then yeah, he's, straight, he's straight back to angry. Yeah, no, he's happy for about five minutes and then um, and then it's anger again. So yeah, uh, it's too good. What a guy though, what a guy he is. Yeah, legend of a bloke. What's uh, what's Steph, up with do you him? Wanna, he's. Well, I was just gonna say we get the inside scoop on big tags. Is he is he back in this week or is it a few weeks? Uh, I don't know exactly. I think I'm almost. I'm pretty sure it's just a little niggle. So yeah. Um, I'm. I, I think. I hope he could be. I'm. I'm sure. He, he thinks he'll be in this week, so I don't know for sure. Um, yeah, but we'll know probably more tomorrow. Steph's trying to plan his A League fantasy. <laughs> That's why. Well, I said to Tags early in the year. I said I reckon you'll get top goal scorer, so I need him to be out there. Well, I didn't put money, fair, I didn't put money on it, but should to be I? fair, he's, he's still up there. Obviously, Bruno started off ridiculous, but Tags isn't that far. Oh, yeah, like five goals or so. Just need a hat trick or something to, to yeah. get him right back up there. Um, just, just but no, nah, it's a, a good uh, a good partnership you two are forming up front. Um, but we'll go back to, I guess, your early career, your junior career, a Melbourne City fan turning into yeah. a Melbourne City player. I guess, where did your, your junior career start and how did you get involved with Melbourne City, I guess, supporting them and then playing for them? Um, supporting was just because um, my, my old man... You know, obviously Melbourne Victory were the only um, Melbourne team. So, you know, I went and saw some Victory games as a kid. But as soon as Melbourne Heart started, um, we were foundation members, kind of just because of my dad. My dad knew someone um, involved in the club. And, yeah, we just became we became fans from then. And then the journey to the City Academy was kind of, I was just playing locally for my club at Pasco Vale um you know just local npl and they offered, <laughs> they offered me a trial in the academy you know when i was 15 um and kind of just worked my way up from there i mean it wasn't all you know sunshine and rainbows but um as you boys would know but it it was a pretty kind of natural progression of you know local league local npl Melbourne City under twenties, Melbourne City senior MPL, and then eventually um, into the first team. Yeah, top. You obviously went through that program, the Melbourne City Academy, with some other players that have gone on to do amazing things. Obviously, who who were you there with when you first got there? Was Natty there? Was Nate there? Was Connor there? You went yeah. through that program with basically all of those boys, didn't yeah, you? With, and then obviously those... went went all the way. Yeah, pretty much with those two boys. Um, when so me and Nate were in the under twenties together in twenty sixteen, um, and Dylan was involved as well. Dylan Piraeus, um, Connor by then was already kind of in the in the senior MPL setup as opposed to the under twenties, but he would come down. So, but yeah, that was kind of the the group. There were a few more, like there were quite a lot more actually. Um. But probably Nate and Connor, we kind of 
went the whole way together. Those boys obviously got into the first team a lot earlier than me and have gone on to do amazing things. So I'm right for them. Um, but yeah, like from that year, we've kind of progressed all in different ways. But um, yeah. Were Most. you were you part of the youth team then um, when, when Nate uh, said he was going back to Tasmania for that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, obviously, <laughs> no, about that story. Yeah, we were. That was, um, that was a, that was a great moment actually for all of us. What is that story? <laughs> I don't know if I'm the guy to say that story. You need to get Nate on here. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll have to get him on. He, he oh, told her. Is that, that theory said Nate. he was going back to Tassie and he wasn't in Tassie. It's just Nate being Nate and saying, yeah, pretty much he's gone. And yeah, I don't want to say too much because what he said, his excuse <laughs> was so bad. Um, yeah. Like his reason for going back to Tassie. And I think we just had a night out. I think it might have been end of season trip. Uh, yeah, I think you had, had a hotel room. I think you had a hotel room. and Yes. But the right. problem was, you know what? If you're going to lie, firstly, it's a bad thing to do. But then mm. you got to make sure that everybody knows. One, you can't have any photos. You can't talk about <laughs> yeah. it. People are coming in the next day at training talking about Correct. him, and yes. then the physios are thinking, "Wait, what? Who was there?" Yeah, so we've got to get him on. We've actually got to get him on. Once yeah, the Asian Cup starts, we'll hey. the whole story. It oh. can't be that bad, boys, because he's at the Asian Cup right now, playing in the quarterfinal <laughs> in a couple of days, and we're here sitting on our ass talking on a podcast. On a podcast, so. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I've got to yeah. start lying and saying I've got to go back to Melbourne. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, nah, it's um, yeah, that was funny. That that was funny. I thought you might have been part of that team. So you went through the twenties into the youth team. How hard was it? You know, to break because obviously Melbourne City, we, me and Ben were obviously both there. We were there, Melbourne Heart. So you would have seen us probably both make our debuts potentially for Melbourne Heart. Yeah. Um, and then going from, you know, from youth team, the 20s to the youth team is obviously a pretty easy jump, I'm sure. But yeah. going from youth team to then the first team, how challenging was that? And did you always kind of think that you were going to be one of the players that would make that jump? Um, Great question. I think it's always, you always need to have that belief, you know, I'm going to make it. But, it's hard as as you know it's it's kind of it's a dog eat dog environment like you're competing essentially with your teammates to make that next step so yeah. that you that youth the youth team to the to the a league team i always kind of thought oh yeah like i can do it but there was also a lot of doubt as well um and especially like i said seeing other boys progress and me kind of staying in that in that setup for longer um and you know and i also i did my acl when i when i was in the when in the youth setup at 17 which as, as you know is, is such a big age like 17 18 19 that's that's yeah. an age where a lot of boys kind of make it or break it or make it or don't i should say um so i did my acl as well which kind of set me back even more so i'm seeing my teammates playing a league and i'm out injured with acl thinking fuck, I'm going to sign for Altona Magic or or Preston Macedonia in three months' time. So that was the reality. Um, so to that, but once I came back from the ACL, I was, you know, I was in uni and um, there was me and a few other boys who didn't have school who would always train with the, with the first team. And whether we trained with the first team because of we're good enough or because 
we were just available to train because we didn't have school. That I, I, I don't know. I think it was more because we were just available. But I took the opportunity with both hands. I thought, even if I'm just here for a number, just because they need me, I need to show that this is where I belong. Um, now, I'm not going to say the setup, uh, the transition was smooth because there were some rough patches and some run-ins with coaches and, and players, especially first coming in, you know. I was I had a blonde, bleach blonde haircut, number 99. I thought I was... I thought I was Neymar rocking up <laughs> to A-League training and um, I've got, I've got Spider, um, you know, Spider, the keeper coach. Yeah. yeah. And he would, um, in front of everyone, say, who the fuck did your hair? That looks fucking terrible. And that was my first ever A-League session. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like the easiest transition, but um, yeah, I think that that feeling of, you know, belief, was always there, even though there were moments of doubt. That's um, yeah. uh, that's an interesting one. Just on that, I think that's something that's like it's so irrelevant what your haircut is, whether you wear earrings, whether you rock up in a Ferrari because your dad or mum has a Ferrari. Like that's, that stuff doesn't matter because you know who you are as a person, a player. That that's completely separate. But first impressions do do count and i think the old school you know spider for sure obviously would have been yeah. getting stuck into we've both had it as well now it's not as big i see yeah. some young boys i'm training with adelaide at the moment to be to keep fit and boys are wearing earrings during the session i'm thinking yeah fuck are you allowed to, are you allowed to do that now uh, like it, it's just fucking ripped out our ears yeah, yeah. like it's well, like, it's a different 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 world now yeah, but I, I I don't I don't hate that. I, I if anything I like that old school thing. So even now, obviously I'm not an older I'm not an old player, but I see young boys coming up. I think the same thing. I think take your fucking earrings off. You're not training with yeah. your earrings, or you know go wash go wash the kitchen or this or that. All that old school stuff I hundred percent believe in because I went through it and I think it made me realize you know what needs to be done to become a a, a seasoned pro or or, or or a main you know a mainstay in the team um so i i'm all for you know a, a confident player or even a confident kid coming up and having a crazy haircut and this and that having something about them but on the flip side i think there also needs to be someone to say pull your fucking head in because you're a nobody here and that's what i needed to hear and yeah i probably heard it more than i wanted to but when, when i had the likes of you know, Kiz Norbo and Scotty Jamo and people like that. But I needed to hear it because otherwise I probably would have thought I was too good and then I wasn't even good enough and then I would have been, um, you know, maybe not even playing. Yeah. It's, um, you've never played with him, Steph. Steph and Moore, that I'm talking to here, not Collar. Uh, but obviously this guy is just, he's Stefan Kolakowski and he doesn't give a fuck what anyone else thinks, you know, because... If you saw some of the hits that this guy rocked up the training in, you would not believe it. I was there for one season with him and about the only good thing that I saw him wear was a Liverpool kit because we're both Liverpool fans. So I'll give him that. But you know what? I actually rate your fashion. I am lying. But he wears some very out there things, which obviously as a first impression with maybe older players, they're thinking, who the fuck does this guy think he is? But yeah. one thing I will I will give to you is that to be fair, you know, you, you're a lot younger and that sometimes like the younger boys these days, they, they don't have that that will to, to work. You know, I see some of the younger boys, even at my club, and I think like, 
do you really want to be here? Whereas you, you're someone that you fucking work your ass off. You know, you you'll go around, you'll kick an older player. You won't care. You know, if if, if they want to have a fight with you, you won't back down. And that, that's what I was saying before about you know. And I do rate that, and that's probably why you did sort of get over that hurdle and then continue to to go. But I think it's pretty amazing, you know, that you went through that with with Nate Atkinson, with Connor Metcalf, and and other boys as well. But you know. You won it all. You you went on. You you started in in the semi, uh, scored. You you started in the in the grand final. You set the goal up for for Nate, didn't you? Yeah. So like, look, <laughs> I think that's amazing. Like, how, how was that? How how was it? I suppose to go from supporting that club to to going on to win it all. Like, there's nothing better than that. And doing it with some of your best mates, it, it can't get any better than that. Yeah, it's almost. Uh... I know it sounds a bit cliche, but it is a bit surreal, that whole sort of time. And, you know, I, I wish it wasn't during COVID. Um, not that that made that much of a difference, but um, that whole, that season, and especially that time, that final series was something that I look back on, you know, with as some of the best memories ever. Um, like you said, we had such a good team and doing it with some of my best mates um, and going through the hurdles that I went through. Not just me, everyone goes through hurdles. So I'm not saying just the hurdles I went through, but for my story, the shit that I went through to eventually make it and then play under a coach that, you know, I'd run through a brick wall for, for a club that I'd do anything for and for teammates that, you know, were out two times a week on the piss um, yeah. enjoying ourselves. Our so, um, our grand final celebrations would have been better at Miss Collins if it wasn't COVID, oh, that's for sure. Or blush or electric or any of the... <laughs> but, you know, like it was that whole time was um everything was everything was perfect. And I remember I remember speaking, I think, to um Rostin Griffiths and he he I remember him saying to me, he's like, Steph, enjoy, enjoy this moment because people go their whole careers without winning a trophy, let alone winning a trophy with, you know, teammates that they like and in, in, in a club that they like playing for. He said, so, you know, savor this moment. And I remember at the time thinking, ah, fuck, like I'm going to win plenty more of these. So don't worry, old fart. Like I'll be all right. <laughs> 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 very quickly, but very quickly, <laughs> very quickly you learn, like you're like, you know, two, three years later, I look back and I'm like, um, fuck, I'd love to, to, to win another trophy um, is, you know, as you guys know, he's so special. So, yeah, it, that was a great time. Um, like I said, playing with – we had such a great team, great culture. Everything was perfect then. And, um, yeah, just great memories. Yeah, I think um, – like like you said, I think it's – you know, you, you think when you're younger, like I did at Adelaide when I was young, and, and you do genuinely just think, this is, this is easy, this will be normal. Um, mm so hard you know it's one thing to even get to a grand final but you know to then win it fuck yeah. like it, some, some people could lose five or six like jamo jamo lost so many and he could have went yeah. his whole career without winning one yeah. and fuck regret you'd have and and that disappointment but you know you win it when you're younger it, it makes it seem easy but it's mm. also you know when you win it when you're older it makes it that much sweeter so i think either yeah. way like winning winning's the best thing in football the memories sure. that you create the 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 anniversaries, reunions, I'm sure, you know, 10 year anniversary or 25 mm. year, whatever it is, when you get together, you can always talk about those moments when you're old and, and fat and just drinking, 
drinking beers. Yeah. Uh, you can talk about those times and, and remember remember how good you all were. So it's um it's really special and um I guess then for you in the next couple of years obviously you 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 moved away. Um what was the reasoning for moving away because you just spoke about, you know, you playing for a club that you loved that you supported. Mm. What what was the reasoning for you to actually move away and and to go to Perth? Um a new adventure. Uh, and not only that, but I mean, my last season at City, or even the season that we won it, and I did play in it, I started in a semi-final and a final and, you know, and did well. And then the season after to not, I think I started one or two A-League games. So to go from, you know, playing in the biggest mate match in, you know, Australian football, club football, I should say, to then not playing as much at all, um, kind of, not piss me off a little bit, but I'm like, well, how, what, 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 where do I go from here? You know? And I don't blame um, anyone. I don't blame anyone actually, not, not even myself, but I had, you know, very, very good players in front of me. That's just reality. You know, I had this, the season after I had Leckie, Tills, Tilio, McLaren and Naboo I'm competing with. So they're not just like four blokes. You just pluck out of the park and be like, oh yeah, they're all right. These guys are all socceroos um, and big players. So for me, it was a bit of like, well, yes, a new adventure, but also I want to go somewhere where I can be, I want to be a key player. I, w- I want to be, I want to be the main man. Obviously I need to prove it, but I, I want to be, you know, one of the main men and, um, and play every week and, and do well. And I thought, um, and yeah, and that's where, where Perth came along. And, you know, it was choice of them or um, another club and ended up choosing Perth. And, you know, now looking back, um, even even last year, I don't I don't regret the move. Yeah, we went obviously a little bit south in the first year. And I don't want to... Well, I do want to touch on it because at the end of the day, football is full of challenges and mm. you go through your ups, you go through your downs. You obviously left Melbourne City for no real other reason other than searching for probably more game time and feeling like you you are more a part of a team and feeling like you're an important part of the team that can contribute something on the field. Mm. So you make the move over to Perth, which, you know, for someone like you, I know you're very family orientated kind of person you're very close to your family and moving away would have been very difficult but you you went quite a long way away you didn't just go to you know sydney or adelaide you, yeah. you decided to go to the other side of the country yeah. but i suppose how was it talk us through a little bit about kind of what not what happened you don't have to go into detail but just how things kind of unfolded and how that was for you mentally to to be frozen out like that um look it wasn't easy i'm not gonna sit here and lie and say it was uh it was all rainbows and i was buzzing last year um but it made me learn a lot and again i know that that kind of sounds a bit cliche and to lose a season you know football's not a very long career as it is so to lose a full season is never is never good um yeah, it wasn't easy and it wasn't easy to go through and especially like you said, kind of being away from family, um, you know, and, and being on my own, I was living on my own. You know, there were times where you just get home from training and you're like, 
you just stare at a at a blank wall and you're like, what am I what am I doing? What am I what am I doing here? And then what am I doing wrong? Um, yeah. But yeah, no, without go- getting into detail, it just last season happened, and I don't look at it like and dwell on it. Um, I I just thought I need I I can only look forward because, like you said, football's full of ups and downs, and um, there's gonna be people that like you and there's going to be people that don't like you that's just reality and um whether you're a big character loud character quiet character no matter what there's going to be people that do or don't like you and sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't so um things didn't work out and you know i wish they did because i wish i could do what i was doing this season last season but that's just it 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 just happened and now um and now i'm not looking back i'm just you know kind of looking forward yeah, I think it's something though, like I guess a couple of things I'd, I'd be interested to know. Again, don't want to dwell on it too much, but no, um, no. I guess when you were when you were making the decision, firstly, was, was I guess, Zadkovic someone that you were speaking to before you had signed or, or was he not even the coach then yet? And then secondly, do you look back on it? Because I think, you know, as footballers, like you touched on, it's a matter of opinion. You know, one player thinks you're the best player in the world. The other guy thinks you can't even tie up his laces. And mm. did you look back on that and think, you know what? I don't agree with this coach's opinion, but what can I learn from this hard experience? Because Ben's been there, I've been there. And that was something that was really important to me as a young player was I did actually look back on the mat like, you know what, fuck, he was wrong. But I did a lot where I where I can improve on as well and to make me a better player, to make me a stronger person. So I guess, was Zadkovic um, in with those conversations with you before you signed? And then did you actually reflect on the season to try and figure out what what you can actually take away from it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was um part of the the conversations to bring me over, um, but no, hundred percent. I I learned a lot from last season, and you know that's why I don't even like to I don't even like to point fingers as to why the 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 season happened the way it did. My season happened the way it did because, um, you know, I'm gonna look at myself first, and maybe there were times, not maybe there were times where I was a shit trainer, and maybe lazier or or just um a bit more of an attitude and all that so i wasn't perfect um you know on the flip side there were weeks where i was on fire and you know i was training and i thought everything i'm touching is turning to gold and i'm thinking fuck you know i'm gonna be in the squad this week no matter the situation i'm gonna be in the squad and i didn't um but i think the biggest thing for me was there was never a time i know i touched on like maybe being a bit lazier or having a bit of an attitude but there was never a time I went into a session not wanting to be the best. Not even to prove anyone wrong. It was just for myself. And Benny knows me, so he knows how I am at training. I just hate losing. So even if I'm completely frozen out and I know I'm never going to play again, I cannot train and not care about winning. So um, for me, it was a big like kind of – there was a lot of learning – you know, involved in last year. Um, and I take away a lot of things. But one thing I kind of give myself credit for is that I I, I didn't spit the dummy out and I didn't, um, you know, just ruin sessions by being just a shit teammate. Because if you're on my team at training, you knew I was going to do everything to win. And again, not to prove anyone wrong, just because I want to win and I want to be the best. And it's simple as that. Yeah, I, I rate that. I rate that highly because 
you know, I, I went through a similar thing, I suppose, when I was with you at Melbourne City. You know, I wasn't playing. And there are days, don't get me wrong, there are days when you're like, fuck am I doing? And, and you do, you want to yeah. chuck everything in. And oh, yeah. I give you credit for that, for not chucking the towel in. And even after the season, you know, not deciding to actually stay there at Perth Glory, obviously it's worked out really well so far and under Sajik and, and the way that you're playing and, and scoring goals. But it would have been very easy for you to go like, what the fuck am I doing here? I've come to Perth Glory. I've moved all this way. I'm fucking got. I'm leaving. I'm going somewhere else. You know, they've, they've treated me like shit. But to be fair, the harder thing to do is to, is to look within. And you're obviously yeah. able to do that. And and you still trained hard, which I don't doubt that you would have trained hard. I also don't doubt that there would have been some days when you fucking were hating it. But I, I would be, honestly, I would yeah. be the exact same if I, if I was in that position. So I, I can't fault you. And I think any professional, when they're getting paid to, to do something that they love, they want to be able to contribute on the field. And if you're not getting that opportunity, of course you're going to be fucking angry. Yeah. I think what you so, um, what you said, Steph, around how you know you went out to each session to wanting to be the best. And that was your intention. That was your goal when you went out there. And that was actually the exact same as me. I remember when I was in Holland, I, I psyched myself up for every single session. And I was like, nah, yeah. today's the day. I'm going to do this. And then you get out there and he fucking, for me, it was the coach fucking yelling out shit to you or putting you in the second yeah. team or not giving you any respect. Or not, or not even you, training. Yeah, or not even training. Like you're, you're, you're a human being. We're not robots. So your emotions yeah. are obviously going to fucking be affected by that. So your confidence drops, your motivation levels drop. And it's not that you even don't even want to try. It's like, not that you're depressed, but you just feel like you've had the energy zapped out yeah. of you. And you're like, I'm not the player. You know, what I see this season and what I saw when you were younger you know, you're all energy. So if you don't have yeah. your energy and if you don't have that buzz about you, well, you're not going to be the same, the same player. So it's, um, it's really, really tough, but you know what? I guarantee you, you'll look back on that throughout the rest of your career. And, and that's probably why you've started this season so well, because you did give a hundred percent. Um, and we can probably, unless you've got any other questions, Ben, um, we can probably go into the questions. Yeah, we've got we've got a lot of questions, and ninety five percent of them end in the last name Collar on the end of the names that have asked the question. I'm not, I'm so. not answering any questions for my brothers or any or any family. And you know what? There was also teammates as well. I saw and I saw Di Marino and Carlucci yeah. giving you a little yeah. bit. So we'll, we'll keep we'll, we'll maybe stay away from those ones. But obviously, yes. we've got a lot of questions for you. But a lot of the the questions that we actually got covered a lot of the stuff that, that I want to know and I want to learn about you. So I suppose um, I'll ask the first one, Steph. I'll, I'll go at Zizu season 10. Steph, top season, man. Love your stuff. What do you feel has been the main driving force behind your great start to this season? Um, kind of like I touched on before, just wanting to be the best. That's always and wanting to win that's always the, the, the motivation. Like, um, it's not as if I, I don't use last season as fuel to, to prove anyone wrong or all this or that, because I, I just think that's kind of thinking more negative. I think more just about me and about the team and what I can do. So, um, just wanting to go out there and enjoy my football again um and you know have a smile on my face and play good football and score goals and win games um it's not like there's actually one thing in particular where i'm like oh you know i want to prove this guy wrong or um i want to prove my under 15 coach wrong because he told me i was shit or this or that it's it was there's nothing like that with me it's literally just go out run like a dog 
score a goal, celebrate, and win. That's all I want to do every game. Simple. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, I think it's uh, it's very, yeah, very easily put if you do that. And you know what? To be honest, that's what you look like you did against Western Sydney. That was an unbelievable finish. First time, bang it in the bottom corner, and then yeah. take the three points home to uh, to Perth. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's exactly right. We hope for, hope you're doing that plenty more times for the rest of the season. And next off, we have at Math Your Page. I don't know if you're allowed to answer this one or you want to, but it says, it seems that your contract ends with Corey at the end of the season. Have you had any talks with the club about extending your contract? Um, yes, my contract's up at the end of this year. Um, look, given the ownership situation, it's hard to kind of, at the moment, talk about, I mean, even negotiate um, about an extension, but... Um, I love playing for Perth and I love living in Perth and um, I, I, yeah, I'd love to continue scoring goals here and winning and, you know, helping the team progress up the ladder in the following season. So, I mean, make of that what you will, but um, yeah, I love playing here and, I, you know, I love playing for this club. On that, on the, the ownership, um, something that we didn't talk about too much, but you brought it up. Um, how how hard has that been for the players? This is just this is a question from me at Stefan Mork on Twitter. Um, <laughs> how hard has it actually been for the players? Because you know that stuff there. Of course, it doesn't doesn't actually really matter too much in the grand scheme of things when you look at it. You're just going out there to be your best at training. But at the same time, you know you know what's going on. So how has that affected the playing group and the coaching staff and everyone involved with the club this year? Um, I think it affects the fans most because as you guys know, all we can do is control what's on the pitch and what's going on behind the scenes isn't really not, it's not irrelevant to us. Of course it's relevant. And even given what I said before, you know, talking about contracts and negotiations and this and that and signing players and all that, obviously it's relevant, um, when it comes to that, but at the end of the day, when it comes to the football pitch, us as players and coaches, that's all we can worry about. Whereas the fans, they're the ones I feel for the most because they're the ones that just want to know what's going on and, and where the club is, is heading to, um, which kind of doesn't put more pressure on us as players, but it means we need to kind of gather strength from within. And, you know, I guess it is a bit of a, not underdog mentality because Perth isn't a small club, but a bit of like backs against the wall, things are going against us, like, Let's take on everyone who comes in our way. Um, and I think, you know, you guys would agree. It's always fun when, you know, you've got your backs against the wall and you've got nothing to lose. And that's kind of, I, I guess, the situation for us now until this whole saga is 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 over, where it's us as players, we go out there and um, and we just and we just fight to win for the fans because, you know, they're the ones who are, who are feeling this more than anyone. Yeah, well put. Um, I suppose we don't want to keep him too long, Steph. So I don't know if you if you've got any others. Um, I actually wouldn't mind asking one off off my own head as well. Um, and at there's Bengarucho. one other from yeah, at Ben Grucci on X. Um, there's a, there's one at from at Harry 
WUN um, that maybe you can ask after stack. But I just want to ask quickly, how has it been working with Alan Stanjic? Obviously, you went to Perth, you were under Ruben Zadkovic, didn't go so well, obviously. Alan Stanjic's come in, he's obviously seen something in you, he's put a lot of faith in you because you weren't playing all the games at the start of the season or starting, but but you've managed to, to work your way in there and, and you're repaying the faith with, with some good performances. Yeah, Stadge is a great coach. Um, you know, he came pretty late into preseason and I think even he didn't really know what to do with me, uh, you know, in preseason. You know, he, <laughs> I remember it, it, there was games in preseason, I was playing left back, left wing back and right wing back. And, you know, I was always one where I was like, I'm just going to shut the fuck up, do my job and build from there. You know, I, I, I had no right to go and say, you know, I want to play striker or 10. Um, but I think after a while, you know, and after training, uh, after a long period of training and games, you know, Stadge, um put me, you know, in attacking positions and, you know, saw me coming off the bench and doing well. And um, eventually he, he, yeah, he rewarded me with, um, with, with, with a few starts. And then, you know, as you guys know, when you're playing good, you're not going to drop someone. So, um, you know, long may it continue. Obviously, I'm not saying every game from here is going to be 10 out of 10 performance, but he knows what to expect from me now. He knows what I can do. Um, so, you know, if I do have one bad game, I think he's got enough trust in me to be like, all right, well, we know what he can do. Um, so, nah, Stadge is great. Um, the whole coaching staff is great. And it's a good environment to be in at the moment, um, given everything that's gone on off the pitch. Um, we still set out to win every game and we haven't had the best start to the season, but he has full belief in us to to do thing to do well um this season. Yeah. No, that's um yeah, I think that's that's a great lesson, I think, for any any young player, whether it's at NPL level, whether it's in the youth teams, whether it's in the first team when they break through. You know what, like sometimes you do get put out of position and you know what, a coach is gonna have a preconceived idea of you based on what people in Perth glory have said to Stadge when he got there or what he had seen last year under yeah. under Zadkovic or, you know, just looking at your Instagram, maybe anything. Yeah. Coach, yeah. Coaches, I'm sure they would. They would look at this stuff. Um, maybe seeing you in really... Bali. <laughs> <laughs> if he saw me in Bali, he's thinking, put him up top. Just give him the ball. <laughs> With his shirt off. Uh, so it's... It's 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 fair play that you know you did have that attitude and you just worked hard and you know what the cream always rises to the top and if you give a hundred percent you know what no coach will ever ask for anything else and give a hundred percent and if you're doing that you're going to get chances because you've obviously got talent that's uh, that's something that they can't dispute with so good to see and the last question will go at Harry I'm assuming this is Western United W U N underscore oh, Western. Uh, this probably actually should be a question for Ben based on how well they're going this year. But Steph, how hard is it to go to your fans after losing games? Do you have to put on a fake smile or something? Or is it something that you struggle to deal with letting fans down and that it makes it quite challenging to go over to them? Um, well, firstly, I think fans, I mean, let's be real here. I think fans in the A-League sometimes don't realise, and, you know, I was a fan, so I didn't realise back then either how lucky we are in this country to for players to go around and sign autographs and say hello to fans after a game because that doesn't happen anywhere else in the in, in the world. Let's be real. 
So apart from Liverpool, uh, <laughs> well, not even then. You don't see Mo Salah going behind the goals to sign autographs, you know. <laughs> or, or, so, um, so I yeah, there's that. But I think yeah, it's easy after a win, but after a loss, I wouldn't say it's a fake smile, but they are there to support you and the club. And, you know, I know it does sound a bit cliche and it's easy to say from here, but without the fans, there is no club. So at the end of the day, you know, if even if we are going through a rough patch and even, you know, Benny at, at Western United, you're going through a rough patch and you've still got the loyal fans that are coming every game to watch you play. Um, even, you know, if you're taking a selfie and instead of smiling, you're just going to do like a thumbs up at least they're getting a photo and you know um at, at least they get to see that you you care for them so i wouldn't say you put it on a fake smile but it's not like you're bouncing around happy you know going to sign autographs it's just something you do because they're coming they, they come to every game um you know win loss or draw yeah no you're you're exactly right it's it is hard it's hard especially after losing i i, I know it firsthand uh, this season, uh, it's fucking difficult, you know, after some of the games. I, I don't want to speak to anyone. And yeah. it honestly is really, really hard. But I do um, usually try to try make the effort. Look, there's sometimes I, I'm probably one of the worst losers that, that you ever see. I'm, I'm a little bit like you. I, I want to be the best. I want to win all the time. And when I don't win, it's it's not looking good for anyone that's around me. So um, it is it is difficult. But um, I, think I suppose that's... Just- I was just going to say on that, like how you said, like you, you're fuming after a game and after a loss. And I think, as you'd know, sometimes after a loss, if it's away, for example, you can come in and you can just blast, you, you and your teammates blast each other and it's a fucking fight in the change room and you let everything out. When, you, when it's at home and you lose and you go around signing autographs, people get, walk into the change rooms in dribs and drabs. So you miss that whole um episode of everyone in the change room talking about the game because mm, once yeah. everyone comes in the change room after signing autographs they're a bit calmer whereas if you walk in the change room straight after a game wow. you're telling you're telling you know the person next to you you're fucking dog shit today couldn't make one pass and then it goes from there whereas after you sign a few yeah. autographs it's like uh you know you calm down yeah you're right you yeah, down a bit, right? yeah. Whereas, well i think and, actually on that or I remember, um, I think it was Warren Joyce. Well, he gave a few sprays, but um, I'm pretty sure it was him as well. Where, 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 uh, uh, where after games, he he used to come and make sure when the players were going around, sometimes he'd say, no, get them in the change room. Because in Europe, that doesn't happen. So Mm. it's something that, you know, it's it's really important sometimes to have that conversation straight after the game. And and we don't get that here because you do want to go around to the fans. So, um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting thing, but I believe we are going to have to wrap it up because um, you you know you probably need to go and uh, get a get, get a bit more of a tan or yeah. um, whatever it is you're doing in in Perth. There's probably not too much else to do there besides go down to the beach. So um, we'll, we'll let you go, <laughs> but we really <laughs> we really do appreciate it, and hopefully we can get you on at the end of the season when you've just. Uh, banged in a few more goals maybe we'll get you and tags on together um and mm. you can tell us who's, who's angrier who's angrier on the field uh, he's, he's angrier and grumpier so that's a good idea <laughs>
No, no, it's perfect, bro. Honestly, really appreciate you coming on. Hopefully, Perth Glory, hopefully it's onwards and upwards here for, for the club, you know, for everything that's going on behind the scenes. You know, I'd love to see HBF Park getting packed out again because, you know, it wasn't that long ago that that, that stands were, those stands were full and, and the mm. club was was in a great position. So hopefully, I'm sure the club will get will get back to where it was once before and hopefully for you on a personal note, you can keep banging them in. It's great to see you back out there. I love watching you gritting your teeth and getting angry at the, <laughs> at the referee. Just so... Um, and now really appreciate you joining us on the podcast. Thank you very much, guys. It was fun. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can chat again towards the end of the season. Football Friends with Ben and Steph is proudly brought to you by the Inner Game Journals, started by none other than our co-host, Stephen Moore. The athlete performance journals were created to help athletes of all abilities become more self-aware through goal setting and reflection. On or off the field, the mental side of the game is so crucial to help you feel and perform at your best. Head over to www.theinnergamejournals.com and use code FOOTBALLFRIENDS to get 15% of all products. If you're a club, school or a Academy, you're in luck. Stefan also runs workshops and he's just released the app version, which will allow you to give direct feedback to players. Download the app for free today. Search the inner game on the app store. Well, that was a, another another top chat. I think it was um, someone a little bit different, obviously. Uh, he's flying at the moment, but you know, I think hearing his, uh, his struggles last year um, will be great for people to hear. And, and he's probably... One of the the favourites in in the league, I would say. Nobody nobody hates him around the leagues. He's a very very colourful character, um, and and it's great to see him doing well. Yeah, no, it was honestly a really good chat. I, I just liked how open and honest he was with everything. And it's not hard, it's not easy as a footballer to go through those those low times. It, it's the worst thing in the world, you know. We've both been there ourselves, but he's come out the other end, and I liked you know how strong he was to actually stay over there at Perth and keep giving it another crack. You know, he's playing left wing back and he's a strike player. He would have been fucking hating that, to be honest. But he stuck to it and, and he's getting the rewards now. So good on him. Yeah. The um, You know, if you get moved to full back from an attacking play, you've got nothing about you, which obviously happened to you. Yeah. And <laughs> You're having one. You've been there ever since. So anyway, um, going into our, our, round, our round 15 preview, we're just going to quickly go through these. Friday night, we've got a double header. We've got Brisbane against Wellington, which there could be some news. Rumours of Rojas signing with uh, with the Raw. I don't know if that's true or not, um, but they are making a signing uh, very soon. And by the time this podcast comes out, people will know who that is. If it is Rojas, that makes it, makes it a good game. I guess he's a Kiwi. So let's see what he can add to the Raw. Then we go into our man, Steph. Um, hopefully Tags is up front so the angry duo can um, you know be running rings around Melbourne City. Friday night in Perth, the de- uh, the, not the den, sorry, the uh, the shed should be packed the shed. for that one. Um, and that will be another great game. Going into Saturday, you guys uh, are the home team against Sydney. Uh, back in Tassie, that one, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah, back in Hobart. Um, hopefully, hopefully you can get the three points and, and Garuch can be smiling on the podcast once again. I actually haven't, you know, normally we speak every day and he hasn't been calling me for about a month. So... <laughs> It's um yeah it's not it's not great for our friendship it's not great for the podcast so let's go Western United we need three points this week um and then Newcastle against Victory big game for Victory to see if they can keep um their undefeated streak going and, and Newcastle need to start picking up some points 
Saturday night blockbuster. Um, I think will be a top game. Is Adelaide against Central Coast? I, I think you know Central Coast the way they play and the way Adelaide play. This could be a really really good game. Very physical, very very quick up and down game. So we'll see if the Reds can bounce back after last week and, and stop the Mariners. And then Sunday, we have I guess the the West v the Southwest derby. I believe it is and and McCarthy v Western Sydney. Hopefully it's a massive crowd. I know people have been talking about the prices of tickets, but if you're in the area. Get on down there, bring your cowbells or go and sing, sit with the RBB and, and sing with them because it should be a, a great game to finish off the round. And um, Ben's going to talk to you now about our 1,000 follower giveaway. Yeah, guys, we, we hit 1,000 followers on Instagram. So we're going to be putting a giveaway together for you guys who have been following us but also if you're still not following us then i don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast and not following us so make sure you give us a follow to so you can be in the runnings for that giveaway it's um at football friends pod on insta and tiktok at ben and steph pod on x and football friends with ben and steph on youtube but thank you guys for listening to another episode and we'll see you next week Oh, Fred. Fuck you lot, where's the beer?